Welcome to a new episode of Integrity Insights, our podcast where we address integrity matters related to sport and sports betting. You might have come across some news in the press regarding investigation cases unveiling criminal organizations fixing sports matches with the purpose of making money illegally and exploiting sports betting. But have you ever wondered who is behind those international investigations? I'm happy to have here today someone who can help shading some light. We have with us Claudio Marinelli, Criminal Intelligence Officer at Interpol's Organized and Emerging Crime Directorate. Hi, Claudio. Welcome. Hi, Silvia. Thank you very much for inviting us. And it would be a pleasure to speak to you and to our listeners today. Thank you. Actually, your title sounds like a character from the spy movies. Is your job really like the one we see in the films? So, you want, Silvia, me to reveal the secret of our job? All the secrets, please. Uh, unfortunately, Silvia, this is not possible. We are obliged to maintain a high level of confidentiality and to protect the general security infrastructure. So, I'm sorry, but... It's not possible to, to reveal all, all the secrets. But apart these limitations, I can provide our listeners and you with some insight of our work, our functions, as well as which is the Interpol role in fighting criminals involved in sport corruption and in sport betting frauds. I would like just to briefly uh, introduce what we have at Interpol, the Integrity and Sport team at Interpol sits within this organized and emerging crime directorate, where we also study the criminal networks. This position provides us with a privileged point of view because some organized criminal groups are working closely together using their links and outreach. I would like also to briefly introduce myself and my experience. I'm part of the Italian police forces, more specifically, I'm a criminal and financial investigator from Guardia di Finanza, which is the economic and financial police in Italy. And I'm now seconded to the Interpol headquarters since three years. I spent all my 27 years in the police investigating criminal groups and financial crimes. And the last 10 years, I have been working in the Interpol office in Italy, dealing with cross-border criminal and financial investigations and applying basically the international police cooperation framework. My first question to you, what are the activities put in place by Interpol to fight criminals involved in sports corruption and sports betting fraud? Referring to your question, I would like to, to say that our mission is the collection of policing data related to corruption in sports. And this is done in view of analyzing it and building a global picture of criminals involved in this area. This is very important for us. We have also developed some other capacities. To comply with our mission, we raise awareness through our members and offer the Interpol tools and services to our members as well. The use of our secure platform to exchange information and intelligence and the possibility to coordinate cross-border investigations. We are also developing some initiatives aimed at understanding more on the financial aspects related to use of online betting platform to launder money and investments that are performed in the sport industries. 
closed the, the operational response. Interpol have developed also a capacity building framework and a cooperation with the International Olympic Committee helps us in reinforce the capacity in law enforcement and sport organization to prevent, detect and respond to cases of competition manipulation. We have the possibility to tailor specific workshops and training to investigators. And our products are based on real inputs and scenarios. Therefore, we believe our service represents an added value in building capacity in integrity in sport among all the practitioners. And with more specific focus on match fixing, can you explain the role that Interpol plays in the fight against match fixing? Yeah, sure. Interpol was uh, since 2011 involved in this crime area because uh, it was responding to a call for, for action from different members countries and even from external stakeholders from sports. At that time, a dedicated initiative on integrity sports started to build capacity through investigators working in the sport industry, both from law enforcement and sport as well creating basically and maintaining so far a global network of practitioners. At that time also the Interpol Match Fixing Task Force was created in 2012 and I was one of the founders of this initiative from the side of Italy. The aim of this initiative is to bring together investigators from different backgrounds dealing with sport corruption and uh, related issues with the ultimate aim to merge basically their variety of experience. The network is actually quite alive and active and comprehends uh, nowadays members from 91 jurisdictions in Interpol uh, statutory member countries. And it is also growing because we have seen an increasing interest on these services, especially in the current times. The aim, as I told you, is to protect the sport and the betting industry, but also the large public and from criminal syndicates expanding and differentiating their business in this framework. Specific funds have been made available to this purpose to assure this service from Interpol. The task force actually offer the possibility to use a platform to share best practices between public and private bodies and IBIA, as you know, is one of our external stakeholders associated to the task force. Uh, you have participated to our events last year as well. We also have the possibility to support cross-border investigation and therefore allow police in, the, in our member countries to coordinate cases. Interpol represents the only global organization with legal mandate to exchange information and intelligence within police of its member countries. And last but not least, the most important thing is through a secure and confidential platform. Absolutely. You actually mentioned the task force that was funded back in 2012, so almost 10 years ago. How has sports corruption and sports betting related fraud changed in the past 10 years from your experience? Yes, we have seen uh, different modification in the behavior both of criminals and the targeted person from criminals. There is actually at present more awareness around practitioners about the risks in the industry posed by criminal syndicates. 
Therefore, substantial elements have been added to their integrity service. And uh, you have to think that also bank and financial institutions at present are looking at this and implementing some mitigating measures. However, also criminals have increased their awareness and they are now more careful when it comes to step out and make the first approach. The use of means has evolved as well. The simple and open use of social media profiles, for example, and virtual payment methods to a tactical approach at the moment, making for us even more difficult the detection. Of course, but especially in the last times, we've seen an increase of the use of online communication services and platforms as well. And the tools, the online tools have been uh, used more and more from criminals for this. The attention of criminals is uh, on low-level competition rather than in the past they, they were targeting more high-level competition and high-level tournaments. They have reconsidered Therefore, their priorities and strategies due to the lockdown imposed recently to vast majority of sport competition at global level. Additionally, we see an impact in areas in which some sports are not traditionally popular. And this is uh, something we have detected as well. We have also detected a huge number of visualization out of the normal average in sport and competition that are not even covered in the past. About the role, for example, of specific categories of practitioners and companies, we recently have seen your products and we welcome the process to get data companies agree to a minimal set of standards. At this point also emerged in a couple of webinars we have created for our task force members recently based on the principle that misusing uh, the sports data represent risks in terms of enabling the sport manipulation. Yeah, absolutely. Our job is to make sure that the integrity of sports betting is there at all levels. And obviously, data integrity should also be ensured. Some, indeed, uh, indeed. Our, I, I strongly uh, agree with this. Uh, and We welcome the process, definitely. Thank you. We hope that also other companies will join the new standards. Claudio, you actually highlighted how technological development has changed the behavior of criminals. But is technological innovation helping in the fight against match fixing? And can you see, for example, AI playing a role in there? Is Interpol looking into it? Oh, yes, definitely. My reply is, is yes. Interpol considers innovation as a key strategic component and therefore welcome the use of te technology to support the data management at the large. We should aim more and more from to move, actually, from a passive management of information to an active data processing. What is our action is uh, actually to establish a process able to add value to the available set of information by enriching their quality and content either. This approach helps in building a more complete and clear picture around criminal syndicates, exploiting the sport and betting industry, around which conducting ad hoc analysis. This is the main part of our job here at Interpol. The aggregation of the data 
and its active management through specific software will help also in anticipating the threats and the trends when criminals apply the same modus operandi in building the corruptive approach and scheme. As an additional example, I thought is uh, the analysis of performances of players in the pitch through specific software, it might be useful to help investigators in recognizing immediately the executors of the manipulation. We have seen an example of this. Of course, the use by a police point of view has to be carefully uh, considered, but it should be something we need to look into. And actually, are data from sports betting companies relevant for your investigations? Yes, I think that uh, indeed these are extremely relevant. As an officer from the financial police, I was trained since the beginning to follow the money. And the only way to follow the money is to see who take advantage from the betting in this case. When it comes to to place bets on prearranged results and then looking at the people who, who get the winning, I believe this is a, a good starting point from in, an investigative point of view. And to make an investigation successful and effective, whatever is the crime, particularly in this kind of crime area where the detection phase is very, very difficult from law enforcement perspective. What I feel the need to highlight here is that we should work all together to protect the, the, the sport from criminality and the betting industry as well. I would call the betting company to step out and share relevant information when it comes to support live investigation affecting one or more jurisdictions as well. So to put on the table all the data information available to support investigation for police. That's a good point, Claudio, because all our members need to abide to our code of conduct, which includes the cooperation with sports governing bodies and with all those stakeholders that are fighting against match fixing. So that's actually a relevant point. You mentioned collaboration, Claudio. Can you provide a concrete examples which can be considered best practices of cooperation between sports betting companies, sports governing bodies, regulators and, and law enforcement? Yes, of course. This is the main point we raise up in our capacity building activity when it comes to present the way in which investigators have to, have to approach the problem. I recall many examples in which we have been able to provide with a strong response and thanks to the cooperation and collaboration established with sport integrity units of sport governing body and betting monitoring companies and regulators. This approach also serves as a preventive measure, I can assure you, because once a joint effort is made by the major actors, this, uh, of course, discourages criminals' organization involved in the corruption, the tap to set up further safeguard measures to protect them from the police action. Among the examples I have in mind, it worth to mention probably the cooperation established during the FIFA Women World Cup took place last year in France, when an integrity task force has been set up together with other key integrity partners like the Council of Europe, the French National Platform and the French police. Interpol provides with support to this integrity task force with the aim to monitor any suspicion activity affecting the integrity of the matches. As a result of this action, 
we believe this has, has been a very successful exercise. It was also recognized at high level, for example, by the Parliamentary Assembly of the Council of Europe. And what have uh, been the main learnings from, from this case that you just mentioned? One of them is the preventive function represented by the joint action together from main stakeholders. But of course, also the possibility to provide a timely response and as well a strong message to the public that the competition is uh, closely monitored and is safe from corruption. I believe that the clear functions established between stakeholders is key. And of course, everyone has to respect each one's role and responsibilities. So, for example, in details, if we detect anything specifically targeting one known fixes approaching one players, we can't directly report this, but there are ways in which we can award our partners in the task force. That's really interesting. You mentioned COVID earlier on, and what is the impact that COVID had on organized crime and more specifically on sports fraud? Have you seen some changes in behaviors? Yes, we've seen a tremendous impact of the pandemic on sports betting and on sports integrity at a global level. We started receiving a large number of inputs at the beginning of the pandemic. So basically starting from the beginning of this year and is an increasing issue that is still ongoing because the lockdowns are coming again in some areas in the world. The main impact we have seen is that the organized crime tries to put protection on some players and officials because they have been affected by some financial restrictions. So basically the financial vulnerability among players and in the world sport industry has become like a starting point from criminals to look at the, at the industry and to adapt their strategy as well. What we have seen is also some processing that has been established in recruiting players and, and officials. Yeah, well, you indeed mentioned that uh, these unprecedented times that we are living in are creating uh, new trends or they are highlighting uh, trends that maybe they were already there, but they are becoming even more exploitable to criminals now because of these uh, new circumstances. So how do you see the fight against match fixing evolving? And can you highlight some areas which need to improvement from, from the law enforcement perspective in order to have a, even a more effective fight against match fixing? Yes, indeed. We have seen the resurgence during COVID-19 pandemic of uh, old practices already known that was basically replaced in the past from traditional fixing schemes, talking about uh, some friendly matches that have been uh, exploited and even we have detected some ghost matches in faraway countries from the one in which we are sitting now and of course these are trends that have been clearly monitored and reported to our member countries what i would like to highlight is that our team immediately reacted to those many inputs we have been receiving and we have established different initiatives at interpol 
even thanks to, to the inputs received from our stakeholders. And uh, a number of Interpol tools have been used for this to warn the law enforcement community. And we also have created some webinars to discuss about this issue within our members. So how the fight against match fixing will evolve in the future. In the immediate future, I will see probably the same trends we have seen in the last months. In terms of target, I believe that criminals will try to infiltrate the industry and profit from the vulnerabilities we have discussed. So financial vulnerabilities is, is the top one the criminals will try to, to, to exploit in the future. We will probably see an increase of the tactical use of the online service tools and platforms to contact players and also to move the monies that they need to corrupt and to invest in the bet. I've read uh, recently a word that still remains in my mind, and this word is gamblification of the sports. So basically, what I see is that the global betting market will increase, and especially the online one. From the point of view of the improvement, we can suggest or we can, uh, or we can stress through our membership and especially through law enforcement, I would suggest to implement the legal framework and to reinforce the legal framework they have available in, uh, in some countries, starting from uh, the international rule of law that are available. First of all, the Macron Convention, but also the UN framework that is available for this. And uh, at the local level, from the national perspective, I would increase the intelligence collection with the support of the betting industry, of course, the setting up of a national platform in the country. And this national cooperation framework should start analyzing the trends, assessing the risks, and implement a national strategy plan to face this issue. Match fixing is a particular crime, very, very difficult to detect and anticipate. And so it, there is the need to increase the technical skills of law enforcement investigators and also to build capacity around within the, the fact finders and sport investigators. Last but not least, uh, I would see the implementation of dedicated unit within the, the police forces dealing with competition manipulation as an opportunity at the moment. Yeah, these are all relevant points and they are all uh, spot on. Just a quick question, when you mentioned gamification and the raise of sports betting, I was curious to know whether you were referring to uh, regulated sports betting or unregulated sports betting, because that can have an impact on the overall fight against match fixing because obviously when we're talking about regulated sports betting markets that's where there is an oversight and monitoring uh, of what's happening on those markets and early warning alerts can be uh, raised and shared with all the stakeholders involved in the fight against match fixing whereas there is the case of unregulated betting markets that would be a problem because that means that in those markets there is no oversight whatsoever meaning that's sport is much more vulnerable there. When I spoke about gamblification, of course, I, I intend both of them. 
But of course, from our point of view, we welcome the regulation on the sports betting because this is a way in which we can keep trace and keep track of the records. Otherwise, we just lose the control of the records. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. Well, Claudio, we're heading towards the end of our episode. Is there any, just one last thought that you would like to leave um, to our listeners? Yeah, I would recall what I told about the technological innovation in the fight against match fixing. And I used one word that is passive management of information. We should move from this uh, passive actually management to an active data processing. And I believe adding value to every piece of information we are able to receive and process would play an important role in this fight. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, when you're talking about this, how do you see the GDPR, so the General Data Protection Regulation, playing a role in there? I mean, we all have to abide to these um, rules here in Europe. Do you see this more as a challenge for uh, all the stakeholders involved to find a way to be compliant with this regulation, but still being able to share swiftly information? Or is it more a burden from your perspective? As you, as you recall before, your members have to sign a code of conduct. And in this code of conduct, there is always the possibility to share information for public reasons, in a way. I believe the exchange of information is not affected when it comes to share information in the framework of criminal investigation. In the framework of generic data processes, of course, the data protection is an issue in the European continent. But of course, from our point of view, as police officers and the law enforcement agency, I don't see this as a problem because I believe when it comes to support a live criminal investigation and we make a, a specific request to, to one betting operator, it will respond uh, properly to our request. Well, thanks a lot, Claudio, for these useful insights. You shared, you haven't shared all your secrets, but... No, unfortunately, you, it's not possible, Silvia. <laughs> I know. You haven't shared all of them, but uh, you have definitely shared some relevant fruitful thoughts for our listeners and some relevant insights from the law enforcement perspective. So thank you very much for your inputs and for participating in our podcast. And I will, would like to recall to our listeners that they can subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Deezer and SoundCloud. And up until then, stay tuned for more new episodes to come. Thank you, Claudia, for your participation. Thank you, Silvia, to you and IBEA for the invitation and for the opportunity. I believe I've shared uh, not the secret of our job, but at least uh, the insight we have detected recently and uh, some inputs that would help our listener to better address this issue in their day-to-day -day job. Thank you again. Thank you, Claudio, and thank you, our listeners. Stay tuned and bye-bye.